it was enlightening to me to realize that I'm not a victim of the world. I have choices. I can choose love or fear, peace or conflict, and I can decide how I'm going to feel. That was, it's such, like you say, it's a simple thing, but it's a revelation when you realize that you don't have to, to suffer in the hands of no. others or, or your outside experiences. Whoever said life is short wasn't trying hard enough. Welcome to Dead Set on Living, a lifestyle podcast that takes you off the beaten path of health and wellness and highlights unique ways to live a longer, stronger, and more fulfilling life. Now here's your badass host who once fought the Loch Ness Monster in Scotland and won, Lynn Bravo. Welcome to another episode of Dead Set on Living. I'm your host, Lynn Bravo. Today I have with me again my dear friend Michelle Smy Hughes. Welcome again, Michelle. Thank you, Lynn, for having me again. <laughs> so I'm just going to explain what we what we've been talking about the last few weeks and uh, share with everyone is that I have a book uh, that I used during taking a course called Attitudinal Healing, and I shared it with Michelle so that she could read through it and uh, and we could perhaps share the process of attitudinal healing with our listeners. So I'd like to just start by explaining how I found attitudinal healing and what it sort of has done for me, I guess, over the last few years. So my brother Stephen had passed away in 2015 and I'd been sort of processing the the grief and loss over the few months afterwards and my uh, Chinese medicine doctor Gwen Algren had suggested that I might benefit from going to see uh, a woman in Brantford that is a uh, traditional healing person and that I might benefit from having a consultation with her about grief and, and perhaps helping me move through the grief in a, in, a, in a better way. So her name was Janet Hill and she's the traditional healing team manager at the Aboriginal Health Center in Brantford, Ontario. And the vision of that health center is the holistic health and well-being of our Indigenous people. So I think Gwen probably felt like I might resonate well with Janet because of being a very uh, nature-based person and, and very connected to the earth and felt that Janet would be a nice fit for me. So I did plan to go and see her. When I met Janet, I talked, uh, like I met her and I talked for quite a while and it didn't really occur to me afterwards, but I was just doing all the talking. Like she actually just listened. I don't think she said more than two or three words the whole time I was talking. As I got near the end of, of what I had to say, I said to her, you know, I don't know if I really need any help with grief because I feel like I've got a handle on it quite well and, and I've, I'm, in, I'm incorporating a lot of things that are helping me uh, process it well and deal with it. And she said, I was going to say the exact same thing. I don't, I think you're handling it very well and you're doing everything that you need to do to move through it gracefully. But she said, I feel like you'd really benefit from coming and joining our attitudinal healing class here. So it's a 14 week program they run. So I said, okay, well, if, if you think it might be a good fit, I'll come. So I went, um, it was actually happening a couple of weeks later. So I looked it up online and it, and it said it was a 14 week course designed to break old patterns of fearful thinking, to become aware of our projections, create awareness of ego dynamics, and understand the nature of the witness self. So 
that all kind of resonated as being good stuff to know. So, so I decided to go. The first night we went, there was, it was actually about 20 people in the class when I started. And uh, I would say about half of them were Indigenous people and the rest were non-Indigenous people uh, from various walks of life. I, I sat through the class and I thought it all sounded really good and felt like it was a positive thing. But when I went home, I wrote an email to Janet and said, you know, kind of busy right now. I actually did say exactly that. I'm too busy can't devote the 14 weeks right now thanks for the opportunity and maybe I'll come another time but they only offer the course once a year (laughs) so that was that I just sort of let it go later that night I'd received an email from the other facilitator and he said I've never done this before when if someone doesn't feel like it's time for them to do it we just don't do anything you either come or you don't but he said I just felt the strong desire and need to ask you to reconsider. He said, I really feel like you're going to benefit hugely from this and we're going to benefit from having you here. So he said, I'm just asking for you to think deeply and reconsider. So I thought, oh, okay. And I thought, uh, oh, well, okay, I better go. I, I, it, it wasn't a hard shift for me. Um, I shifted into to deciding to go. I, I think afterwards, when I think about it now, it was probably like, oh, I don't want to get into my, oh, my own crap. You know, I yeah. just, I just want to <laughs> just let it go and just keep going the way I am. I'll deal with everything just fine. So anyway, I did go. And honestly, it was the most transformative experience experience in my life those next 12 weeks of the program and it was it was really truly amazing we, we did use a, a workbook called to see differently personal growth and being of service through attitudinal healing which is written by Susan Trout a PhD woman from the U.S. you may be wondering like where the term attitudinal healing sort of originated and it was a psychiatrist by the name of Dr. Gerald Jampolsky that co-founded the original Center for Attitudinal Healing in California in 1975 with his wife Diane who also holds a PhD and hers is in clinical psychology and there's actually now more than 130 satellite centers uh, around the world in over 60 countries. Dr. Jampolsky is a recognized authority in the fields of psychiatry, health, business and education. He's both a child and teen and adult psychiatrist and he learned about the power of forgiveness uh, and developed his principles of attitudinal healing by offering free support services to thousands of people over the last 30 years to help them deal with the psychological, spiritual, and social aspects of facing illness, severe illness, catastrophic events, loss, and life's challenges. So it's really cool that he and his wife created these principles in, uh, through the service of others. And so that workbook was one that we worked through. And it's that workbook that I shared with you, um, Michelle, and thought, you know, have a look through it. And you might like to sort of, you can work through that workbook by yourself. And it certainly will be helpful and enlightening. But it is absolutely I would say it's it's essential to do it with at least one other person or a group like I did in order to fully benefit from the process. So you've read through that book and um, and now we were here today to sort of share our thoughts about that. I can share from the perspective of having gone through the mm-hmm. program and you can share from how it's been resonating with you as you've been looking through the book. Absolutely. And I do have a question for you. Why did you give the book to me? I gave the book to you because I felt that you were going to benefit greatly from it. Like I saw in you myself before I took the course. <laughs> great. That's great. Like it, there's a lot of um, just, you know, the way things, the way you saw things, the way you expressed things, the way you carried yourself. 
I just saw a, a wonderful opportunity for you or, or a sense of feeling that, you know, you would, you would be able to move and evolve from where you are today in a very wonderful way if you were to also look at experiencing this type of course or program of growth. I definitely feel that that is the case or that has been the case. And I just had never asked you before. <laughs> Your story was so lovely. But you gave it to me at a time in my life where I did feel that I had, had so much growth had occurred. On, on a certain level, but I was just hooking in. I've just been hooking in in the health arena, health and wellness and in your body, but really hooking into my emotions and how I feel mm -hmm. and understanding how that was affecting me. Mm -hmm. And also I was feeling that maybe it was time to deal with my crap. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we need a little push and we need a little nudge. Yeah. For me, when you gave me the book, Attitudinal Healing, and I guess the purpose of the book is to guide those who wish to heal their perceptions, how they view their relationships, how they view life, how they view grief, experience, and so on. The first thing that I read in the opening of the book was really, uh, really important to me. And it states, and this is the opening statement of the book, in the search for wholeness, there is no one way, there is only your way. And it's such a simple statement but it really, it was really something that I felt my, my entire life, but I was never able to live in alignment with, because mm -hmm. it's seemingly contradictory. I felt it, that I could live my life one way, and somebody could live their, their life their way, and both are the way. Mm -hmm. I felt it. That's mm -hmm. how I feel. But it's difficult to operate that way sometimes when your emotions come in and your feelings and how you perceive things. But, but this can't be right you know, so, so perhaps that what you saw, what you saw in me was that. And so definitely that ability, I, I was not aware. I love when life brings these things. I was not aware that I had the ability to heal my perceptions. I, I, I didn't even know that that was possible, nor did I understand how that healing would impact my life. And so this has been a really big change for me. And I thank you for that. Oh, yeah. okay, and I am lovely. no master of it. I am a student. <laughs> Let's be clear. But I'm really delighted to be delving into this. This is this is something. Great. Thank you. I thought I might just share a little bit of the points about attitudinal healing so that people understand what it actually is. So attitudinal healing is based on the belief that it's not the people or the experiences outside of ourselves that cause us to get upset or angry or frustrated or sad. It's our thoughts and our attitudes and our judgments about them that causes us the distress. So it was enlightening to me to realize that I'm not a victim of the world. I have choices. I can choose love or fear, peace or conflict, and I can decide how I'm going to feel. That was, it's such, like you say, it's a simple thing, but it's a revelation when you realize that you don't have to, to suffer in the hands of no. others or, or your outside experiences. I found that attitudinal healing helps to remove all these, like they are self-imposed blocks, right? For whatever reason, mm -hmm. it could be from our childhood and, and, and society, whatever. You, you create all these blocks and, and some of those blocks might be things like judgment or blame or shame. And, and a big one for many people is just self-condemnation, right? They're putting mm -hmm. yourself down all the time. Mm -hmm. There is a way through attitudinal healing for us to start experiencing lasting love. They just love in general yeah. and, and peace and happiness for ourselves. So if we concentrate on changing our own attitudes rather than changing the other attitudes of other, you're going to have 
huge success because you just can't change other people. We, we know that too, even though we, we continue to try. I think we were just saying earlier that one of the revelations for me was seeing that I see my, what's going on in front of me, like if we were to compare it to being a stage, a play on a stage, I'm seeing what's going on all around me, the way I'm looking at people, the way I'm looking at the situation through my own filters that come from a lifetime of, of experiences that I've had as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, etc. So I have a series of filters that I look at everything in the world through. And so when I'm watching something unfold, no one else is seeing it that way. Only mm -hmm. me. I'm the only one seeing it that way. The person I'm talking to or the person I'm having a relationship with, they're seeing their this situation through their filters and it may not even bear any resemblance at all to the way I'm seeing it. Right. For me, attitudinal healing wasn't a matter of changing my behavior so much as retraining my, my mind, like retraining, you know, the, the most powerful instrument of change that we have, which is our mind. Yeah. And that's why working through this was, has been, you know, mind blowing to me <laughs> because, because I just see everything like so differently now. And like, I guess that's why she called the book seeing things seeing differently. differently. <laughs> it's funny when I do speak, sometimes I always have a moment where I talk about seeing differently. Mm -hmm. And so that was another aspect of the book. But the, you know, for me, the principles, as we go through them today, when you're talking about, you know, change other people, that's true. And for a lot of people, as they go through life, they want things to change around them. However, when following these principles and, and looking at my perceptions and filters and changing and altering those, my home is more loving. Mm -hmm. My relationships are deeper. It seems like they've changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, that's just yeah. me. But they haven't. Mm -hmm. So it's incredibly powerful. So oftentimes in society, we focus on the method and not on the outcome, mm -hmm. right? True. So this is, you know, we do that with, with taking pills as opposed to other methods. Mm -hmm. So this for me is, oh, I'm, I'm all in. Like this is really fantastic and it couldn't come at a better time. You know, I'm, I've still got lots of life left in me yeah. and, and it is making life just, just so much more fun. It is. Yeah. 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 It's, it's amazing. And I think it's important to note that as we say, we can't change other people, but when I went through this process, everyone else around me uh, and, and all the situations were still the same. Mm -hmm. I just was found it just fascinating how they haven't changed at all. They're still seeing everything through the same filters. But because I'm seeing the situation differently now, they start, like at first they'll react to you the same way they always exactly. have, right? There's patterns that have been created in your behavior, right? You're, you're going to trigger them the same way you did. Yeah, first gonna, you change and you look the around. Difference the difference is, is they're not triggering you anymore. That's the difference because it can be a simple thing as our relationships with our, our mom or our dad, whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. Your, your mom might say something to you and immediately you kick back to, you know, being ticked off with her because she was trying to control or manipulate yep. you when you were a teenager and, or, or being, you know, overly protective or whatever. And that whole thing just, er, you know, surges up in your body and then out comes your mouth, the, the reaction of anger or frustration or being hurtful in some way. And when that's gone, like when no one, can say or do anything to me anymore that doesn't just flow off me like water because I just don't see the world the same way and I don't see those people the same way. When I hear them saying something that may have triggered me before, my instant reaction now is to just love them and, and think that these people need love, that this person needs love. Yeah. And I think of what can I do? Can I offer to, to, to help them in some way or listen to them or whatever? So I, now everything's all shifted. I'm not taking things personally anymore at That's all. That's it. It's the personal. 
And you were talking about, you know, certain certain experiences. And now I can look at my life and say, you know, there's a filter that I've been wearing with women who are nurturing or being nurtured mm-hmm. or women who are of some sort of power over myself that I've been wearing. And, and even you might even fall into that. Mm-hmm. It, and I might filter you that way because you are nurturing. And it has been triggers. So it's almost, the, I won't explain it, but the, the filters that I wear when I'm with a person that's trying to nurture me who someone might be a female boss or might be whatever, they're, they're, that's something that I'm really getting into because that has been playing out in my life over and over again. Mm-hmm. So it's not just one relationship, it's looped through. Mm-hmm. So that's, that healing, that, that is, is something else. And I think that triggers is um, an important word because triggers are pain. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly, yeah. And I feel like, like there's a really big shift right now just just because of, of all these things coming out in our society now where we're all trying to heal ourselves mm-hmm. and move forward is that it feels like it's been decades of, you know, you know, help me, support me, I need your help, help, you know, be, everybody was looking to be looked after. Yes. And, and looking to be saved, right? Yeah. But I feel like there's a huge shift happening in the last 10 years or so. We're starting to see that the Savior is in ourselves. Take your power back. Yeah, take your power back. Don't expect other people to look after you or make your life good or bad or whatever the case may be. You take your power. You're your own Savior, and you do the work to to help yourself grow and, and realize your, your and let go of all these um, misconceptions about people in your life and start to live a life as you and find yeah. yourself within within that yeah it's finding yourself mm-hmm. I just wanted to get back to the book again now <laughs> for a minute and I think today we'll just go through the 12 principles of healing I think it'll help people understand a bit about what the what this program is about and yes what the the course is about if you decide to take it or work through the book with friends or yourself so there's 12 principles and in the book and these principles are they're suggestions they're not rules it's not like you have to look at these things and, and implement every single one the way it's written necessarily they just reset represent um a choice and are just really a guide to helping acknowledge your own inner wisdom it's tapping into your mm-hmm. own intuitions again so we can, it, well, as you move through this process, you're still ch- making choices. You're choosing whether that, whether you're ready to move through that fear or the conflict or the, the separation you're feeling and experiencing so that you can find peace of mind. Yes. It, through this course, you, you learn to release all of the thoughts from your mind, except for love. That's the only thing. Mm-hmm. And then it's so true. Like the end, that's all that's left behind in your mind after you do this. It's just everything else washes away, never to return. Yeah. <laughs> and you're left with just love. We learn to correct the misconceptions that we're separated from each other. And we start to realize that we are all one. And, that, and, and getting away from that feeling that other people are attacking us. And it, and, and the most important thing I find is that it removed my need to analyze or interpret or evaluate relationships. I just don't do that anymore. Okay. Like it, it, I don't try and, and figure out people anymore, yeah. right? They are who they are and I am who I am. And I just have stopped doing that because I was, I was notorious for doing <laughs> that. <laughs> so, so when you're using this book, there's, there's a process that you're going through. It's it, the principles. There's 12 principles. So that's the message. And you would, you would read through the, the tenets of those principles. And then you're looking at, looking at what your attitude is and questioning. Like, 
I, I feel like a lot of the people who, who will resonate with going through this process are people who are already questioning the meaning of life and the purpose of life, right? Yes. And and sometimes it's something that's really an event that shattered your psyche. Like if you've had, you know, if you've been a, a cancer or have a disease or some, you have a really traumatic loss of some sort, sometimes it's that that triggers you into moving into wanting to for me, heal yourself. It was, um, sorry, but for me, it was feeling stuck was the pain of feeling stuck in my life mm-hmm. and I, I wasn't sure how to move forward. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you move through to practicing. So when you're doing, when you're looking at trying to discover what your attitude is, there's all kinds of um, things you do. Uh, like it could be meditations. It could be visualizations. Like there's processes and questions you answer in this workbook that help you understand what is your current attitude? Like where, where am I, where am I stuck? Where am I having problems? Then as you go through each principle, you are practicing that principle and choosing to see differently. I found that I like to call, I love the term suspended judgment. Mm. It's just where you, we don't have to, to look at whether something's right or wrong. You just choose to, to, to be suspended in your judgment of it being right or wrong. Very You're just cool. going to, so that, cause that's what happened when I took this program. I thought, okay, I, I it's, immediately things are popping into my head. Like, oh, I don't have that problem or that doesn't make sense <laughs> to me or no, that's not, no, that doesn't resonate with me at all. I just decided to, to drop all judgment through that whole 12, 13 week process and, uh, and just be open. That's it. Just open to hear and see what everyone else was doing and how I was fitting in and, and just be open to the, the experience there. That's a good point because when you open, you're giving permission. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm learning about healing is it's almost like you have to give permission mm-hmm. and then you, you will receive it once yeah. you do. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. Also too, I think when it's funny, I don't know if, if it's how we perceive things, but when you're focused on any one of these principles, say it's the first principle we're going to discuss, Life does present you with those opportunities to work on those principles. It does. Yeah, if you well, you become it. aware of them. I That's guess why. I guess all of them are there. It so but much fun. then you, yeah. So <laughs> each time I learned a principle, it I suddenly realized, oh, it's popping up all over Everywhere. the place. Here, I can practice <laughs> on this situation. Yeah. So, should we just go through the twelve principles? And and Let's I know I, I think it'd be interesting for you to comment on your reaction to each of the principles as you read them as well. So I'll, I'll read what the principle it's about is, perception. and then we'll we'll start yeah. with how how you felt about that. Sure. So the first one, and, and keep in mind, this first one is sort of the the loving arms that wrap around mm. the other 11. Like the reason this one's first is because it's the foundation on which the other 11 are built, I think. Yeah. So the first one is the essence of our being is love. How did you react to that when you, when you not only just read that, but maybe when you read through the actual principle, how did you yeah, resonate so with you? How that resonates with me or how that feels is that we are more than bodies, which is fantastic news. My perception here is that I am my nature and my nature is love. Mm -hmm. My nature is love. Um, Not to be loving, but it is love. And, you know, what does, what does love look like? What does, what does it present itself as in a, in a, in a reality that we exist in? resonates with where there is darkness let there be light so it feels like light Mm -hmm. and light doesn't just shine on one it shines on everybody equally when I die I don't worry or think about or consider whether or not I was remembered for anything in particular but I feel as though I'll be remembered for the love I had Mm -hmm. for everything and everyone to me that's the purpose of my life Mm -hmm. was to have 
understood and realized that and then still have I still have life left as you say to actually share that and not only am I then sharing that love I have for everyone and everything but I'm also inspiring others by doing that right so that's kind of the gift that you're leaving behind to the people that you come in contact with okay so let's move on to number two and this is a really great one too so here it is health is inner peace Healing is letting go of fear. <laughs> so this was is great. Mm-hmm. So when we when we do this principle, I'm very excited. So so for me, you know, my my being screams you want to be healthy mm-hmm. and you want to feel healthy, and that comes from a lifetime. It comes from from a previous illness where it was sort of a passion of mine to to try and feel healthy again. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't realize when I commenced that journey years ago was that not only would I recover my previous health, but I would go on to go past that, which was inconceivable. Yeah. This day, <laughs> health is inner peace, healing is ongoing. It's really apparent to me that this, this healing isn't something that ends. It's something that continues. And so I'm continuing this process. And it's letting go of fear is interesting because when you're faced with a severe illness, one of the ways to get 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 through it emotionally is to accept it mm-hmm. and then you're able to move through i've i've said to you i think on uh, these podcasts before that i have a tattoo on my wrist that i got put on years ago that means being at peace with yourself yes. and I, I didn't get it when i put it on i just really like the symbol that's great <laughs> but it's so cool that it's there now because it was i do feel that now i do feel at peace with myself and like you say it's been profoundly healing and and honestly i i i feel more healthy and happy and at peace with myself now than I have in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you know, the level of health you thought you had before is nothing compared to what it is once you find that inner peace. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So principle number three is giving and receiving are the same thing. Mm. So giving, so giving without the intention of receiving mm-hmm. is important. Yes. I'm not giving you love or I'm not giving you something so you'll love me or feel obligated towards me mm-hmm. or treat me in any other way. Right. I'm giving you something with no intention other than giving it. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. I'm not a master, but it's fun. Yeah. It's really not. It's a really neat process to have somebody in front of you. And when I have that little, there might be a trigger and I feel that energy rising to make a choice that's different. Mm-hmm. So it's allowing me to choose to give. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, when you give something to somebody, it comes right back to you. Mm-hmm. So the idea that when I give, when I am love and I offer that out and it comes back in whatever form it comes back in, that two things are born out of one. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a, a very powerful thing. It is mm-hmm. indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it, it's, do you, have, you, have you ever been in situations where you're talking to someone and, and maybe they're causing you to feel triggered into a negative sure. response or whatever? But, but even if you're not, like, even if it's just somebody you're having a normal conversation with, I often now get this overwhelming desire to, to just hug them 
Oh, that's great. <laughs> and or or just look at them and smile, or mm-hmm. or you know brush their hair, whatever. Like just mm-hmm. touch them in some way, physically and uh, in an appropriate way, of course. Yes. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I used to block that. Like I used mm. to be thinking about giving something to someone. Oh, I sh- you know I just felt the desire, but then I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I find that I don't do that anymore. I don't block it anymore. Like if I have this sudden compulsion to just do something that yes. that just because I'm just that love just wants to come out. I'm not doing it for any other reason than I'm enjoying that. And it's received. That's that we didn't really talk about why giving and receiving are the same. And that's because love is just like you're giving love. You're giving yeah. love and you're receiving it at the same time. I'm receiving right? the pleasure of doing it mm-hmm. no matter how they receive it. Right. It's right. so great. Yeah. It changes the things that you don't want to do into beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So number four is we can let go of the past and of the future. How did that sit with you? Okay, so I'm going to use my <laughs> Kung Fu Panda quote. Now, other people quote this, but I love Kung Fu Panda's version. Um, Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is mystery. Today is a gift. Mm. And so if you are able to let go of the past and future, and I think, I feel that that's the perceptions. The future hasn't happened. Um, the past is done. These things we all know. And filters from the past repeat in cycles. Mm -hmm. I sort of noted that in my life. Things keep coming back. But what's interesting for me is time has changed since I started doing this. Mm -hmm. Meaning Mm -hmm. I have all these projects on the go, yet I'm not very busy. Because I'm not worried about what I did yesterday on it. I'm not worried about what may happen. This goes not just for work, but for for any interactions. Um, And so I'm only in that moment when it's in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I, and also when things come up, I'm using this in business a lot in my interactions with people. I ask myself, what can I offer the situation? So it's I'm really present, I guess, is my answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm still a student, let me stress, but I'm discovering that this ability is in me and it's really, really exciting. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Number five is now is the only time there is. Oh, yeah. And each instant is forgiving. So you sort of already touched a little bit Basically, on that. Basically, the but, timeless yeah. space where we can be peaceful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I just think it's, it's because giving is receiving, the more we, time we spend in the moment giving, the more we're receiving. Yes. Right? If that makes sense. <laughs> it has to be practiced to, under, to be understood. Yeah. So these are concepts we're sharing. I know. But it, like anything, it, when you learn it through doing it, it, it's the experience of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's something else. Yeah. Okay. We'll elaborate on that yes, when we, we go will. into details on these later on in another podcast. Number six is we can learn to love ourselves and others by forgiving rather than judging. Yeah. Wow. That's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm making headway here. Are you? Oh, yes. Good. And it's um, this process has been the catalyst for me to finally start really examining my perceptions, not only about others and my judgments, but they come right back to me. Mm-hmm. And so forgiving myself has been a huge part of this. Accepting myself is a huge part of this with all of the quirks. Yeah, and it has to be unconditional acceptance. Unconditional acceptance. Just as I felt, I've always felt I'm capable of forgiveness. It's not a problem for me in that regard, Mm -hmm. but there is a limit when you haven't looked through yourself. Exactly. And uh, I love myself now. And so that's another thing. I don't spend time worrying about what I said was wrong. Or I didn't act as loving as I should. When you're looking at forgiving yourselves, and that's that's probably the toughest one for everyone is to forgive themselves. And I mentioned it has to be unconditional. It it has to be 
we always put conditions on our forgiveness mm-hmm. of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'll forgive myself when I lose 10 pounds or I'll forgive myself when I finally have a boyfriend or I'll forgive myself when I get that job. Like you tend to put conditions on forgiving mm-hmm. yourself. And if you're aware of doing that, it's another step towards being able to forgive yourself is to realize that you're putting false conditions on on your forgiveness of yourself. Seven is we can become love finders rather than fault finders. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> We're all going like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how did you fit resonate with that statement? A love finder is interesting. Isn't that a cool way of defining it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because a fault finder comes from my perception of myself, my insecurities. Mm-hmm. And a love finder comes from the essence of myself and who I am. And so paying attention to the feelings I have as I move through life and perhaps I catch myself looking for a fault because there's a lot of layers of fault finding that goes on. Some of them are very subtle. Mm -hmm. And so I'm catching myself now. I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. And it's almost instead of judging myself in the past, I would have judged myself for looking for faults when I catch myself. I now not only forgive myself, but I give myself a little tap on the shoulder. So number eight is we can choose and direct ourselves to be peaceful inside, regardless of what's happening outside. Isn't it empowering that you can choose? Mm -hmm. So that's a conscious decision Mm -hmm. made with my awareness of who I am. Mm -hmm. And it's always great now where I'm very quick and I'm very verbose and I'm all these things. But now if I'm receiving somebody, I have choices and I can choose. Mm -hmm. And it's either, you know, the choices are different than they used to be. Mm -hmm. What am I going to say that makes me sound great? (laughs) Or what am I going to say that they'll look at me and go, oh, you know, you know everything. Or do I just listen? During this process, you're always stopping and saying, how am I doing? Like, mm-hmm. how is this working for me? As you start to change your beliefs and your attitudes, yeah. you always need to stop. Some people like to journal or even just sit and meditate on it or think yep. about it. Is that, you know, how is this going for me? How is it working? That's an important thing to do. I sit in the bath do. for about an hour. <laughs> Review the day. <laughs> Nine is, uh, we are students and teachers to each other. How true is that? Wow. Yeah. And this is the thing I, I, I'm hooking into at 54 is that I am a student and I'm a teacher all the time, mm-hmm. um, no matter what hat I'm wearing, uh, whether I'm a mother and I think I'm teaching my children or they're teaching me, uh-huh. which is fun. And I think just being a student and, and a good student is something I aspire to, but it's a whole different parameter mm-hmm. than what I understood before. And it also allows you to understand, I mean, there's it's easy to talk about the big things in life that shake us up the big things that cause us pain, Mm -hmm. Uh, the things that are difficult. We were talking about grief earlier. We're talking about you lose your job. But it's also an understanding that that's not something that's blocking me from being who I am. Mm -hmm. That's something that's allowing me to become who I am. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's lovely. There's, there's nothing. It. Yeah. It's all. <laughs> Number 10. Well, we can focus on the whole of life rather than the fragments. That's a very important one as well. Because we do tend, well, 
that's kind of what I just said a few minutes ago, isn't it? Like you, you get so with the, the finding the being a fault finder, you're so focused on the tiny, small pieces of your life that yeah. you're missing the point of the of the whole. And and focusing on the whole allows you to 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 see your whole life in a completely different way and to let go of all these fault finding tendencies that we tend to have. Yeah, and the separateness. Mm-hmm. Separateness yeah, exactly. is really separateness painful. Separateness is huge really for painful. a lot of people. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I was just for this I just looked made notes of of who I've been my whole life whether I was a child, well then I'm separate from everybody else because I'm a child. It's not that they're necessarily negative or positive. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a swimmer. I'm a woman. I was single. Then I was a wife. I was a mother. I was a survivor. I was a vegan. I was all these things, but that's not who I am. All those, all those labels inevitably cause me a bit of pain because mm-hmm. I don't want to be separate from some, from mm-hmm. any, anything. And that's, so that for me is, is something that, that has been causing me pain in my life in all areas of my life. And I'm really, I'm, I'm looking forward to delving into that one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That one makes me think of my, my brother as he was dying of cancer mm-hmm. is, is that, and I know a lot of people who have had a terminal cancer will say the same thing is that, that they feel like they've just become the cancer, like they've lost Aww. their identity. People don't view them anymore as that person or that individual. It's always about the disease now and they've lost themselves. They feel a separateness now because they, they've... Mental illness. Yeah, mental, Same, il- mental well, illness. Well, yeah, that's a great one you know, too. We because exclude, they're excluded from society. And yeah, their whole world shrinks to, them, to being to, totally within themselves. And their illness is based upon the inability to connect. Mm-hmm. Last, uh, second last one, 11, is since love is eternal... Death need not be viewed as fearful. Yes. <laughs> Taboo topics like death. Yes. The whole world is afraid of death. Mm-hmm. Really, it seems, not everybody, but the, the world is geared um, and reacts to a fear of death and accumulating mm-hmm. power and, and all those things. Mm-hmm. And yet everybody who's ever existed has died. So perhaps confronting the fear and looking at the fear said it early, facing your crap, facing all the crap that I have inside me surrounding death is a very important process for it me is, yeah. as a living being. Yes. Because I'm alive. I'm looking forward to delving into that one. Me that too. A whole lot more, actually. Me too. It's super That's the fearless part yeah. you were talking, mm-hmm. you were sharing with me, your, you know, the fearlessness. A feeling of fearlessness, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Last one is, we can always perceive ourselves and others as either extending love or fearful and giving a call of help for love. And that's a great one. That's a great one for helping to redirect how you think about uh, being triggered by people's behaviors. Right? Yes. And it's a tough one. It is. It's, it's a, a tough, tough one. It's, it's not a simple, one, it's, it's a tough one. Because <laughs> I think the first one goes through everything and the last one goes through everything. They, mm-hmm. they filter through together. And yeah, I mean, I, I can use words to talk about it, or I can just say that it feels, it's getting in touch with how you're perceiving and how that's making you feel in the situation that will teach. So that's where I'm at right now is really, and, and it, it is nice to not be triggered. I'm still triggered. I still perceive, and, and, but, but, but when, when I look at it now, I'm like, what is this person really saying? Are they attacking me? Or are they actually expressing something from a completely different space with no intention yeah. of attacking me? And yet I can perceive it as an attack. Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. That happens all the time. Well, that's, the, that's the whole, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This all sounds maybe complicated, no. but it isn't. Like it, it really is just waking up to all these these mm-hmm. points, right? And then shifting your attitude towards each of these things. And our, your ego, like, I love the whole battle of the ego when I was doing this. Like yeah. it was huge. Your ego 
desperately clings to you not changing the way you perceive things. Yes. It just, I mean, it, it's just like clawing at you saying, no, yes. no, don't do this. Don't go there. Because uh, it, it, it loses all its power, right? If, mm-hmm. if, if you make these changes. And, but it is that simple. And, and I think simplicity is difficult for a confused mind to understand. So what we're trying to do through this process is clear your mind, unclutter your mind, allow yourself to see and to just be and to be at peace. And by doing that, you'll, because that's what I still feel now today is that Mm -hmm. it's so, and now that I can do it and live this way, it's, it's so simple. Mm -hmm. Like it's effortless. I think that's probably good for now. And we'll elaborate on these things in the next episode. So I just wanted to say a few things. I feel that we can choose love the same way that we can choose anger, hate, or sadness. Like we have a choice of yes. how we're going to look at situations, yes. right? And we can, can forgive someone who's hurt us. It's okay to do that. And it's, it's very healing to do that. And we can be grateful for what we have. And we can choose love because love is the most powerful healing force there is. So I'll look forward to going over these 12 principles with you in more detail in the upcoming episodes. And thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. This has been really, really lovely. Thank Thank you so much. If you want more information on what was talked about on today's show, you can head over to the show page at deadsetonliving.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Dead Set on Living podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. That way you'll always be up to date whenever a new episode is released. As a listener, you are vital to the success of our show. By leaving a rating and review, you'll help us reach more people and continue to put out kick-ass content. Also, every time you leave a rating or review, a fairy in the forest will get its wings. But seriously, what you think is important to us and to the growth of our show. Until next time, live life and be well.